Welcome, Capital Raisers. Jesse Fuchsia is a baller on LinkedIn, a ghostwriter syndicator, and raises capital through content creation, LinkedIn optimization, and attracting accredited investors to DM him. Today, we explore how he does it and what we can do to evolve our content too. Are you guys ready to raise? Shout out to Invest Next, our newest official sponsor on the show. The Family Office Club is the largest association in the capital raising industry with over 3,000 ultra wealthy investors globally. Get it for $2,000 off by DMing me on LinkedIn. With that, it's Capital Raiser Show episode 284, and it starts now. Rock and roll, I got Jesse Fuchsia on the Capital Research Show. Welcome, my friend, dude. How the heck are you, man? Welcome, dude. So excited to have you. <laughs> Ruben, brother, I cannot tell you what a privilege this is. And before we kick this off, I have to tell this quick story. When I was running my podcast like two years ago, you came on or something. Yeah. In that entire, I think we did 50 episodes, but I got an anonymous text message from somebody who listened to your episode after it went live and told me that that episode had changed their life. That has only ever that. happened. That has only ever happened once. I only know that that's the only example of anyone ever telling me that. And I just literally want to kick off the show with that one note. So everybody listening knows that. And that's that is a 100% true story. Cool, man. Well, it's an honor to have you, dude. I've been watching your progress. We did a little bit of capital raising coaching together. So mm-hmm. I want to start with a couple of things, man, because it's just so phenomenal to see somebody go from, and you mention it in your LinkedIn post all the time. Like you went from zero, you don't say hero, but like, I wasn't just kind of like say that catchy thing. Like you went from zero to hero and it's been so amazing to watch you. And then now it's like the tables have turned and I'm watching you to see what you're doing so that I can take tips and tricks from what you're doing and your strategies and the people that you follow and the way that you're commenting on LinkedIn and your new ghostwriting business, Finn Ghost. Can't wait to dive into that and your syndication business. So this is going to be a blast today. And of course, we're going to rock it with high energy, brother. Yeah, man, I'm excited. And again, privileged to be here. We're going to add a ton of value. And I really think kind of building a brand online for the real estate investor syndicator today is so, so critical. Mm -hmm. And there's no better time to start doing it than right now, you know, the market with interest rates where they're at, deal flow down for a lot of people right now. There's so many opportunities for people to start building brands online. And there's no better time to do it than right now, in my opinion. Capital Research Show Season 3, brought to you and powered by PitchDex.com and our friends at Richard C. Wilson's companies and the Family Office Club. Really love working with those guys. All right, so let's start with your business. What have you been doing? Maybe we should even start before we go into your business model. Like, How did you even get involved with real estate and capital raising and marketing and branding and all that good stuff? Yeah, so I got started in college. I'm I'm 27. I'm born and raised in upstate New York. And I was moving off campus during my junior year of college. And my father and I, my father bought my college house and we managed and operated it together. And I saw at a really young age, 20 years old, the power that real estate has and the wealth building capability that it has. And I was like, whoa, this is crazy. There's absolutely a difference between making money while you sleep, passive income and active income going into work every day and earning an income. So that was life changing at a 20 years old. From there, I helped my father over the next couple of years scale that portfolio to today. It's about 10 or 12 properties and 50 total units that we rent to college kids in upstate New York. While doing all that, I was active duty in the army. I still am. I'll be finishing up here in a couple of years or so, and I'll get out and do real estate full time. But 
prior U.S. Army Ranger Special Operations. I've been all over the world doing crazy cool things with them, which was a really awesome opportunity as well. Probably about two years ago, I made the jump to the commercial real estate world and started focusing on more niche commercial assets like mobile home parks, RV parks, self-storage, and assets like that that we started syndicating and JVing with other partners as well. What I found on my journey, Ruben, is obviously to syndicate these properties, you need an investor base. You need capital. You need to raise capital. And I noticed that probably two years ago, this was probably like maybe 20, maybe three years ago, like pandemic timeframe that, wow, there's nobody really on LinkedIn like targeting limited partners or writing content that raises capital from limited partners. Hold on, I I object. I think there's a lot of people that are doing it, but very ineffectively. Yeah, maybe that's probably the better way to say it. Thanks for that. There's definitely a lot of people probably doing it that could be doing it better. So really this sparked an idea, pandemic timeframe, it sparked an idea in my head. It's like, hey, let me start writing on LinkedIn every day. And I'm going to start speaking to this accredited investor that I know is on LinkedIn who doesn't know that he can passively invest in real estate. And I'm going to start raising capital from him for these deals. Cause I'm like, dude, I'm 25. I don't have a million network. I don't have access to every golf club in Sarasota, Florida or whatever. Like I've got to find other ways to capture these investors and raise this capital. And it was when I started working with you and Josh Ferrari actually, and, and a couple other guys, and I started following your podcast and it really gave birth to the base of what became my LinkedIn content and going on to raise capital and build out a hundred plus investor investor list by writing on LinkedIn every single day. So it was super powerful for me in my journey. Okay, we're definitely gonna dive really deep into the LinkedIn posting strategy. However, I wanna kind of go back to something that you said, which I'm curious about, which is you started in niche syndications. A lot of people start in value add, a lot of people are still, particularly limited partners, are very fascinated and wanting to engage and participate in this value add in large markets and with trendy investors. You decided not to do that route. And I see as a trend, an industry's trend, a lot of people moving out of multifamily value add, although we'd love it. People are going into assisted living, RV parks, short-term rentals, they're going into self-storage, they're going into development, they're going into all kinds of sub-niches. Why did you specifically want to target a less well-known area of syndication? I think the big why behind it, and I I don't want to say I pride myself on being this contrarian, but when I first got into commercial real estate in 2020 or 2021, it was like, I saw so many people in multifamily and everyone wanted to buy a hundred unit apartment building. And I said, you know, what else is out there? Everyone's looking left, Ruben. I'm Mm going to look right and see if there's opportunity there. And that was just super powerful for me. And I started networking again on LinkedIn with other people. I started networking and picking people's brains and being like, this is awesome. 6% cash on cash, this hundred unit apartment building in DFW. But I was like, whoa, we have opportunities that have double digit cash on cash with some of these more niche assets that are less sought after that have higher cap rates that we can buy for cheaper prices and add value to them to gain higher returns for our investors. So really it was just this idea. I think it's everywhere in my life. When I see the crowd going in one direction, it's like who can look the opposite direction, identify the pattern and find the opportunity and then seize the opportunity. And that was kind of the why behind it. And I think there's still plenty of opportunity in multifamily. There always will be. Everyone's always going to need a place to live. I love that asset class. And I have 
several colleagues just like yourself in it. I just like to focus on the more niche things out there because I think there's even more opportunities to achieve higher returns for our investors. Okay, I want to philosophize a little bit about this because I see that there's two main kind of strategies that people do when and implement when, or at least thought processes when they're raising capital. One is, let me go to my investor database after I've built it and nurtured it and ask them what it is that they're seeking and provide them that, which is a phenomenal opportunity and way to raise capital. Another philosophy is I'm going to go out and find a deal and create an opportunity that's going to be more powerful than my competitors. And then I'm going to educate and nurture people on why it's more powerful. And over time, they will be automatically attracted to me. I'm not going to be a hard salesman. I'm just going to educate, nurture, and share what I do. And if you do an effective job of that, a lot of times you don't have to close because people automatically are saying, sign me up. I want to be on board, especially if you explore their pain points and find out what it is that they're trying to accomplish and provide a solution to what it is that they're trying to do in life and create legacy for a lot of people or generational wealth or time freedom, et cetera. You kind of chose this the latter half, which is I'm going to go and create an opportunity or partner with people that have amazing deals but I'm going to have to educate, nurture them because you can't just go to them and shove your product down their throat. You have to educate, nurture to the point where they are not feeling like they're being force fed. Rather, they're like seeing your strategy and what you're doing and saying, oh my God, like I love this market. I understand what he's doing. I understand what he's trying to accomplish, but it's a very different philosophy than let me go find an investor and find out what he needs and wants, and then provide him that. So tell me a little bit about your approach going this way. This is so powerful. And I think when raising capital, there's two types of people out there, and you hit the nail on the head with both of them. There's the seeker, and then there's the attractor. And I've seeked capital before. I've done it. I've hunted for it. And it's so much more powerful to attract the capital as opposed to seek the capital. So when people are, there's people listening right now that have a thousand person email list. Well, Jesse, I got a thousand person email list, but here's the problem with that. And here's what you're not thinking about. Every time you jam an email down those people's throats, if it's once a week, if it's twice a month, if it's twice a week, maybe they're not always saying, well, shit, it's John Smith emailing me again to ask for me for money to get into my deals. Well, here's the difference of what I do. I wrote a LinkedIn post last week that got viewed 80,000 times, eight, zero, 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 80,000 times. What happens by that is I'm not writing it specifically to Jane Doe or John Smith. That's an LP investor on LinkedIn. I'm just writing it in general, but they're becoming connected to me. They're attracted to me from my voice that I'm speaking to them through my content. And what happens through that, Ruben, is the email list comes off as super spammy, but my content that I post every day, probably 10 times more than people hit their email lists a week or 30, 20 times more, whatever it is. It doesn't come off spammy at all. In fact, it comes off as the opposite. It comes off as me being the guide for John Smith as he goes through the jungle. It's Jesse Fuchsia who's guiding him with this content. Hey, look for things like this. Hey, here's five things that five red flags in a real estate syndicator to watch out for. Wow, Jesse's got my back. Jesse's helping me. Jesse's adding value to me. And through this content strategy, I'm now building seven-figure connections that I'm raising capital through, which is... You could have a 10,000 person email list, but I'm telling you right now, that's extremely spammy. You're coming off as spammy. You need to start writing on LinkedIn and you need to start building a brand online yeah. and attacking it with an education 
where you're going to cast a net and attract those investors as opposed to hunting for those investors. <laughs> okay, so branding and LinkedIn, we're going to dive into that. I want to first talk about your business model. Oh my God, I'm going to have to dive into so many things. I really want to know and understand how it has felt and what you've experienced growing your funnel, your LinkedIn exposure and how you've done it effectively and what has been the mindset going through the changes that you've implemented to get to the point where you're becoming a greater and greater thought leader and now a ghostwriter for people. But before we go there, I'm curious about what assets are you investing in? Let's dive a little bit deeper into that. I know you mentioned, I think, RV parks, right? So tell mm -hmm. me about what kind of assets and who you're partnering with and how you're doing the syndicating part of your business. Yeah, so we're syndicating mobile home parks, RV parks, and self-storage assets right now. Basically, with my military background, the awesome, cool thing about that is there's a lot of military guys in the real estate and commercial real estate syndication world. So really, I was able to network with several other people in the space, and everyone needs a good capital raiser investor relations guy on their team. Again, when these military guys were looking to build out their teams, and not just them, but other people, they're like, well, have you met this guy, Jesse Fuchsia yet? He uh, crushes LinkedIn every day. Like I was at the top of their mind when they were like, let's build out this team. Who do we want on this team? Oh, we need a guy like that on our team that has the brand and has the digital leverage to raise more capital for us. So basically, I just networked with a bunch of military guys. They brought me on their team, and I started syndicating real estate with them. And it's been an awesome, incredible opportunity. I love, there's so much to learn in the space. Again, I'm only 27, but I've learned so much here in the last 24 months and crushing it with them, which has been really cool. And we're going to continue to grow and do deals here over the next few years. And as my digital brand be, continues to compound, I guarantee I'm just going to keep bringing more and more capital sure. to their deals. So For sure. Tell me about the scaling, the partnering, particularly let's address the scaling investor that wants to get into syndication, that wants to get into capital raising, that wants to get into a brand, that wants to create a brand, better said, and also wants to start creating exposure or the way marketers would refer to as building out a huge funnel that can bring in a lot of people through educational content. I want to know this, like, how do you even begin to create partnerships with people? I know the networking is a big thing, but like, on a deeper level, like what kind of conversations do you have with the syndicators that you partner with? Like if I'm a scaling person that wants to get into syndication, what kind of input do you have for them? What has been your experience in growing your own syndication business? I'll hit this in two pieces here. And I would do this first thing. And I talk about this a lot, but I would find somebody, if I'm a scaling person that's trying to break into syndication today, I would find someone not 20 to 30 years ahead of me. I'd find someone like two to three years ahead of me. Honestly, it would probably be me. I'm two years ahead of the person that's trying to scale into commercial syndication right now. Someone that's two to three years ahead of you, the biggest difference is they just went through the problems and just mm -hmm. solved all the problems that you're going to meet in the it's next fresh. 12 to 24 months. And it's fresh and they know the solutions and they have the results to prove that. Find that person that's two to three years ahead of you and find a way to add value to them, okay? It doesn't need to necessarily be monetary value. It can be, hey, I'm going to find you guys deals or, hey, I'm going to start building a brand online and bring some investors to your deals or, hey, I'm going to network. I've got this in with my cousin who's a broker over here and he's got this awesome deal. It could really be anything. But for that person that's scaling and wants to break into commercial real estate syndication, find that person that's two to three years ahead of you. Stop looking 20 to 30 years down the road 
because that person has the solutions, they have the results to back it up. And that's exactly what I did. I started adding value to guys and my presence on LinkedIn is what kind of made me well-known and why they wanted me on the team. But I found other ways to also add value. I run a lot of the investor relations and I do a lot for them as well through that, which has been really powerful. Here's a limiting belief that I get and hear from a lot of scaling syndicators or people wanting to get and break into syndication. They're like, I don't know what value I can add to somebody. I'll ask you about what input you have there, but I will give my own two cents real quick. Instead of interviewing somebody and kind of finding out what it is that they're doing and trying to learn, which is great, but there's a piece that they screw up quite a bit, which is at the end of a conversation with somebody that can help them scale and get into business and syndication, they always ask like, what can I do for you? And what I find is that a lot of syndicators, they don't have the bandwidth and don't understand somebody that asks that question enough to know, oh, this is where you can help me in my business. This is where you can enter because they just don't know what your skill set is. So instead of asking a question like, how can I help you? What can I do to provide value to you? A better question might be, what would be required for you to 10x your business and then shut up? And then the person will say and contemplate, oh, if I had more capital, if I had better marketing, if I had better underwriting, if I had a team member that did this, then I could 10x my business. And then you listen closely and see if you can add value to one of those things instead of asking them to identify within you how they can help you, I think is a phenomenal piece of input and advice. What about you? Is there anything that you would say to the person that just feels like they have a limiting belief? Like I have nothing to provide. Yeah. The first thing I would tell them, Ruben, is here's the very first thing. There's a one in 400 trillion chance that you and I are even on this podcast today because that's the result of being born. That's the odds that you or I or anyone on this planet is born. So you do have value to add. You're here for a reason. You have a purpose. All you need to do is seek out that opportunity and find it. For me, it was brand building on LinkedIn and what got my voice and name out there. I think that's a great way to start. And so many people I hear tell me all the time, and I get this too, and I'm thinking just what you said. It's like, Jesse, I have nothing to write about. It's like, oh my God, that's such a lie. Yes, you do have so much to write about. It's so powerful that you've had troubles, even though you've never closed a deal before, even though you're still trying to go zero to one in your first commercial deal or whatever. There are so many lessons that you've learned and tips and tricks that somebody else is going to meet here in the next three months that you could write about every single day. If you just pull out a notebook, there's so many things. So first things first, one in 400 trillion, we're all here for a reason, Ruben. You mm -hmm. know that, brother. I know that. That's so powerful. Yes, you do have something to add. You just got to figure it out and find a way. But really, it's just like, I heard an awesome quote the other day, and I think it might have been Pace Morby or someone else who said, right now is very challenging for a lot of investors out there. It's syndicators, the interest rates, the economy and whatnot. And I think sometimes it feels like everything is sometimes feel overwhelming. Mm. But he said that just by getting off the sidelines and getting in the game, you are in the top 1% because 99% of people will never get off the sidelines. So the same thing goes for building a brand and breaking into commercial real estate syndication. If you're just writing on LinkedIn every day and building your brand and attracting investors, even if that post gets viewed 100 times as opposed to 100,000, you're in the top 1% because you are off the sidelines taking action. And there's 99% of the other people who are never going to do that. So keep going and keep doing it. I mean, find ways to add value to people. 
you'll find opportunities that will fly open in this world. That's for sure. Okay, so let's dissect this timeline that you've been on where you've been exploring, learning, following new content creators, which is a huge part of it. Like if you can follow people that have 300 likes, bunch of reposts on there and just copy what it is that they're doing. It's very powerful, something that I'm implementing right now, following more and more content creators and trying to duplicate and not reinvent the wheel or throw up and vomit to the world about what it is that I do, rather cast a broader net and reach people that may not necessarily be interested in my specific thing, whether that be the Capital Razor Show or the Build to Rent. There's people that love personal development, mind hacks, Mm -hmm. all kinds of things that affect a lot of entrepreneurs, not just Build to Rent entrepreneurs and investors. And if you can build that funnel big enough, and get a lot of exposure by helping a lot of people, not just niche-specific people, it is a huge bonus and benefit to the world and attracts a lot of attention to yourself. Now, as you've been growing your LinkedIn, what kinds of processes or what have you seen on LinkedIn that has helped you grow? Tell me about this timeline. What, how has it progressed for you? Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing to kind of highlight when it comes to timeline is when I started writing on LinkedIn in 2020, for the first six months, I don't even know how many views I was getting. It was probably like two to 300 views a post. And I would get like one to two likes and maybe one comment. And that was the first six months. And that's exactly in that six month window when 90% of people will quit. Yeah. And they will quit. And it sucks because I just want to tell those people that like, if you can get to the light at the end of the tunnel, there is so much opportunity out there. Like I went through what you went through. I've been in that six month period. Keep going. And that would be my first message to so many people out there because I was a terrible, I I love telling people this. I was an atrociously bad writer. I'm still very average when I consider myself to like my English major, like friends that have like masters in like English and stuff like that. I today consider myself very average, but I was atrociously terrible at writing, especially throughout high school and college and whatnot. And now here I am growing this brand on the basis of what is writing on LinkedIn every single day. So the power in it, Ruben, and there's no secret formula, the more you write, the better you will be able to identify the patterns within the algorithm, within your audience. Wow, I wrote a post like this and I got five DMs from investors. Take that post and find 10 other ways to write it. Take that post and find 20 other ways to write it and start doubling down on your wins and start figuring out what works. Because in that first six months, there was just so much trial and error. It was like throwing shit at the wall and seeing what stuck, to be honest. I had no idea what I was doing. But slowly, I would begin to gain traction. I'd be like, oh, this post just got viewed 10,000 times. That's my first 10,000 impression Mm -hmm. post. Now, let me take that. Let me break this up into seven more posts. And let me scatter this across the next seven weeks. And then those would compound. And then I would do it again and again and again. And slowly I went from zero to like 11,000 here in like the last year or two in followers. And I average about 100,000 impressions a week, which is pretty awesome because again, it's the attraction mindset for me. I'm not out DMing people. I don't send connection requests. I don't use LinkedIn sales navigator or anything like that. I post content and then people DM me and say, Jesse, I'm an accredited investor. I have multiple six figures to invest right now. Can we get on a call? And I get DMs like that every other week, a couple of times a month, and then plenty of non-accredited investors who also want to break into the game as well. So, But the biggest thing I tell everyone is 
man, if you're in that dark tunnel right now, keep going because we've all been there. There's some weeks where I'm still there and it's okay. We have good weeks. We have bad weeks. So I have posts every day that still flop right along with the 100,000 impression posts that I've, I've written several of. So the more you write, the better you're going to get and the more you're going to be able to identify what works. And I know that's not like anything crazy or breakthrough, but at the end of the day, that, that is like kind of the formula to success to writing on LinkedIn. I'm experiencing a little bit of that where like a crushing week, I'll do really good, yeah. at least for where I'm at, right? I'll get like 100,000, 200,000 views, like within a two week period. And it's nice. like almost more than I've done, like the entire year or something like that. And then I'll just get like a, a post and it'll just completely flop. No likes after two hours, I'll just delete it because I'm so embarrassed <laughs> about it. But this is something that I think people should expect to experience if they don't have a system dialed in, or maybe even if they have a system dialed in, because I've repeated some of my posts that crushed the space, like 20,000 views, at least that's crushing the space for me where I'm at today. And then the exact same post or a version of it gets like a couple hundred views. And I'm just like, well, it's a very similar post. How come some are doing really well and some are not? Is this something that you can kind of explain or tell people how to get through that or if they should worry about it when that happens or just keep going? Tell me about your philosophies there. Yeah, that's such a great question. And I've had this, I had a post go viral that I viewed 200,000 times earlier this year and I tweaked three words in it and then I reposted it like a month later, which I do really often. People who follow me every day know that. And it went from like 200,000 views to like 2,000 views. And I tweaked three words in it. And that was the difference. And really, I'm not an insider to LinkedIn or the supercomputer in the basement of LinkedIn headquarters that decides how many impressions or how many people my post gets pushed out to. But what I will tell you is that if you have had that happen to you, it's happened to me, it's happened to a lot of creators out there. The only way to remedy it is to get back on the saddle and keep writing and keep finding the next post that can go viral and keep trying this and that and this and that, because that's happened to me so many times. I've literally gone from 200,000 to 2,000 in a post with three different words. And it's just like, man, yeah, I know. It's like what happened. And I think the algorithm, people say they know the algorithm. Nobody knows the algorithm. Okay. It's some massive supercomputer in Silicon Valley in, in the basement of LinkedIn headquarters that decides all this shit. So the best way is to just keep writing in my mind and keep trying and keep seeing what works and what doesn't. If you do that consistently over the next six months or just till the end of 2023, I 100% guarantee you will raise a lot of money on LinkedIn. Maybe not this year, but it will set conditions for your 2024 and transform your brand for sure. It has for me. Okay. Branding. There's a couple of perspectives you can take, right? People like to do business with people they don't necessarily like to do business with businesses. So there's a personal brand that you're building, and then you're also building a brand for your business. Talk to us a little bit about what is more important or how, what approach do you take in building a brand? Is it avatar creation? Are you focused on color schemes, creating an environment where they, people go to your website or see you on LinkedIn and feel a certain way? How much emotion is involved in this and what are you trying to accomplish? Yeah, I think when it comes to your personal brand and like my personal brand on LinkedIn is I'm a real estate syndicator and ghostwriter. So I think having that personal effect is super critical. I see a lot of people out there who try to use like company pages on LinkedIn and whatnot. And really what connects with investors is that personal ability, which is achieved through Jesse Fuchsia or, or Ruben Greth or, or whoever. So I highly recommend people invest in their personal brand. And when it comes to personal branding, specifically on social media and LinkedIn, 
I think the optimization of the profile is so critical. Oh, and yeah. key. Oh, and, and I can, about that. yeah, I just want to hit this, That's why so it's so key. important for one of the clients I write for, he had 9,000 people land on his profile in a 30 day period. And why that was so powerful was because we optimized his profile where his profile became a landing funnel. People land on his profile. They've got his picture. They've got his headline. They immediately know what he does. They have a contact me link where they can schedule a call and begin the investor process with him. 9,000 people landing a month. You know, he had hundreds of phone calls that month with investors from LinkedIn and people who landed on that page. So I think we can write all the great content we want, and it definitely is the foundation. But if people, once they love your content, Ruben, if they land on Ruben Gress profile and they're like, what the hell does this guy even do? There's yes. not going to be a whole lot of value or more importantly, Ruben, there's not going to be a whole lot of conversions through that branding process, which is just so critical when it comes to a social media and writing content on there. Okay. So your phone number, your email, your Calendly, your title, or your little message that you have about who you are and what you do, it needs to be very clear. What a lot of people are doing is, and even today, there's no way to contact them. They don't explain mm. what they do. They write there about in the third person, like somebody else wrote it about them. There's no bullet points on what you do or how you help people. It's just like vomiting about what it is that you do and not providing any value or how you help people. What are some of the things, that's from my perspective, what are some of the things that people are really failing at on their about and or just their general profile page? What are the most important things that you see and you implement in your profile? I think where a lot of people miss the mark in what I've seen, and I don't know this exact statistic, so don't anybody out there quote me on this, but it's something like when someone lands on your profile, you have like three seconds to grab their attention, or you have two seconds. It's something extremely fast and critical. And I think it begins with three super important factors on your profile. It's your profile picture. It's your headline and it's the banner. And it's the first three things that people see. Mm -hmm. People always forget about the banner. Ruben, they got a great profile picture. They got a headline. And then the banner is of their dog. And I'm like, not, no. What about the banner? Nobody's putting enough into the banner. Or so what I mean by that, yeah, yeah, something like that. So what I think, it, obviously, a professional picture, a lot of people do well with that. The banner simply could just be a, it doesn't, people overcomplicate it. It can just be like, hey, I help this or I do this for you or some type of picture of your logo or something like that with a quick slogan under it is the perfect banner. And then when it comes to the headline, people need to know in the first two seconds, hey, who you are, what you do and how you can help them. I am Jesse Fuchsia, real estate syndicator, broke college kid turned seven figure real estate syndicator and ghostwriter. I write multi-million impression posts for my clients and whatnot to help them drive leads for LPs. Right there, people know exactly my background is in the real estate world. I'm a syndicator by trade, and I can help them drive millions of leads through social media and writing content for them. So I think people just overcomplicate it. I see all the time, John Doe, 200 million assets under management in the headline. And it's like, that's great. That's awesome. I'm, I'm really happy for you. But how are you helping Jane out there or whoever is scrolling through your profile or whatever? Jane doesn't know, she might not even know that what AUM means or the acronym or whatnot. Right. Like, how can you specifically articulate to her who you are, what you do, and how you can help them? Make that change, and I guarantee your conversion rate will literally change overnight from people landing on your profile. 
Okay, so I've noticed like through my co-GPs and other people that I've talked to that people are holding their money on the sidelines right now and their LinkedIn conversions is dropping, which I think, like you said in the beginning of the show, is exactly makes it a great time for us to increase our LinkedIn presence and become better at it so that we can make up for some of this deficiency that we have in the market with people holding onto their capital. If you have a bigger funnel and you're creating more content, you're getting more eyes on you, and then you can kind of replace some of the people that have dwindled into the no man's land and are not investing right now because there's still plenty of capital out there. And when you consider, hey, where do I want my money in the stock market or sitting in a bank or in an actual investment, it makes a lot of sense to continue to invest. So how do you get in front of more people is kind of where I want to go with this. Like, what are you doing to increase your LinkedIn presence? What can the audience capture from your content about growing their own database? And how do you help them with that? I think when it comes down to growing a brand on any type of social media platform, again, my cornerstone is is LinkedIn right now. But I think, like we said in the beginning, there's no better time than right now. We're seeing this kind of low deal flow timeline. Brand building does not happen overnight. It happens over months. And really, it happens over years. Mm -hmm. So if you just start doing it today, today is June 29th, 2023. If you started today and wrote five posts a week until New Year's Day, I guarantee you will set conditions for an extremely leveraged, powerful 2024. And again, it takes that commitment because what's ahead of you in the next six months? Probably a lot of flop posts, a lot of learning, a lot of, man, this doesn't work, a lot of frustrations and stuff like that. So I think if you took the time starting today and went for the next six months, you will have an awesome 2024 when it comes to raising capital, investing in your personal brand on LinkedIn. And when it comes to creating specifically content, you know, I think there's a couple of strategies behind it that work really well. I think you have to lead. We all want to be these thought leaders, and that's what the power of the platform enables us to do. In theory, I'm a thought leader on LinkedIn within real estate. And I think I come with a lot of authoritarian content where it's like, hey, I've been through this mistake already. Here's the three lessons I learned. Here's how you don't have to avoid that mistake. Or, hey, here's how I went from zero to five million in real estate by 27 years old. Here's the nine things I did to do that. There's a lot of great actual advice in that content where I'm not necessarily like, hey, come be in my deal or, hey, here's four reasons why you should passively invest in real estate. I scroll by a dozen of those a day and I'm like, man, if you guys would just put your personal spin on it and add value to these people, your conversion rate, which I can tell is already really low based on the content that you're providing, your conversion rate will literally change overnight. Like you will see an immediate change within days, weeks, within the first month. So I think that's just really powerful, sharing your journey and who you are. There's only one Jesse Fuchsia. There's only one Ruben Greth in the world. We have an amazing million-dollar story. And even though maybe some people out there are like, no, Jesse, I don't have a million. No, dude, I'm telling you, you have a million-dollar story. You're just not articulating it and communicating it the right way where people are able to connect with you and want to invest in your deals. Okay, so if they want to get better at that, you actually provide a service and help people create content. Even people with huge followings already, tell me about what that service is and who's your avatar, who can you help? So basically my buddy, Anthony Carlton, he's a financial advisor on LinkedIn. He left his W2 job last year and started ghostwriting for people on LinkedIn. So as a ghostwriter, we simply just write content for our clients and we drive them higher impressions and views and whatnot. 
him and I both worked for a gentleman last December and we took him from 2000 followers to today, 17,000 followers in the last six months. I think he's done four to 5 million impressions in the last six months. He's going to hit about 10 million for 2023. And we started branding ourselves as these ghost writers where we're helping financial people. He has the financial advisor background. I have the real estate investing syndication background. The company FinGhost writes for financial people, whether you're a syndicator, you're an investor or whatever. Simply, Ruben, it works really basically. I interview my clients. I kind of enter their minds. I find that million-dollar story that I know exists, and then I write and articulate the content for them on a daily basis, driving them hundreds of thousands and even millions of impressions throughout the quarter and whatnot. And why this is so powerful is I think a couple of reasons. I think there's a lot of syndicators out there who simply just don't have the time to write the content and invest in the writing on a daily basis. And that's exactly what we do for these for these people. And we drive them millions of impressions, increase their email lists, more podcast downloads, more people landing on their profile. And we help them become thought leaders in the space and really transform their investor databases and whatnot. But the company's only been alive for six months and we're already taking on people who I would consider really famous in the space. I'm not going to talk about their their identity is part of our contract that we have with them. But I will tell you that people with half a million followers on Instagram who want to break into LinkedIn, who are pretty powerful people asking for our help and for our advisement, which is really cool. So we're excited to help more people. I would love to connect with more people about that if there's anyone listening who wants to explore that option. But I can't tell you enough how powerful building a brand on LinkedIn, on social media in general is, and why it can really 100x your business. Cool. I'm going to give you a chance to shine here because what I'm seeing from a lot of people out there that are attempting to become thought leaders or creators or tap, even my partner, Andy, he's got 20, I think he's got like 22,000 people that are following him and he doesn't really create his own content yet. He like outsources it and there's a major disconnect from him and his audience because his voice is not being portrayed at all times in some of the content that other people create for him, unless he really micromanages it, which defeats the purpose of him outsourcing it to begin with. And this is a major struggle that I see across the industry. People are hiring people to do content, to create things for them. And it's just not resonating or connecting with people because it's not their voice. How do you solve that issue? Here's how I solve it. You can go out and spend thousands of dollars and I'm, very aware of Andy. He's a phenomenal, phenomenal syndicator thought leader in the space. Honestly, a guy who I look up to. You can go out and pay these marketing teams to write your content. But here's a better idea, Ruben. Just take that $5,000 or whatever you're going to pay him and just go out to the burn barrel in your backyard and just light it on fire because it's going to have the same effect. And I'll tell you why. I'm a real estate syndicator. I've attracted hundreds of LPs. I've gotten multi-millions in soft commits and helped other people do the same. I know the language that it takes. I'm not a marketing major in college, some college kid who, you know, enjoys marketing and content writing and has never bought a piece of real estate in his entire life and has no idea even what an interest rate is, let alone what the word syndication means. That's what you buy when you bring me or my partner on the team is we are actual real estate financial guys who have the background who know the language, who know the verbiage, who have already done what you are trying to do in your specific space. So for all the people listening, I know there's a lot out there. 
sorry to kind of be the bearer of bad news, but you guys might as well just go burn your cash every month instead of giving it to these marketing companies. It's like, they're not real estate people. I am. I've already done what you're trying to do. And that's why we've achieved such groundbreaking multi-million impression results for our clients. It's because we've already done it ourselves. Okay. So if you write the content for people, how do you address whether or not they need to engage and respond on DMs and connect that way and even engage within their own content that you wrote for them? How does that work? Yeah. So really we just write the content. So people, our clients are responsible for like responding to comments and whatnot, which drives a lot of impressions. I will say that 80% of our clients are at the level where they have virtual assistants who honestly do a lot of the responding for them and who manage their inboxes through direct messages and whatnot. You know, one of our clients got 200 DMs in one month from people looking to invest in his deals, looking to buy his courses and whatnot. And he had to get a virtual assistant to manage his inbox. But we're expanding the company. Again, the company's only been in existence for six months where we're beginning to coach and help people really build out the sales funnel and what that looks like for their business. As people DM them, they enter the sales funnel, they land on the profile. How do we move them from here to here to now investing in their deals? Again, we're working through that, but we also help our clients build that out as well. And we're kind of in the infancy of that, but I'm sure by the end of this year, we'll have kind of more systems and processes built out. But right now we're just in the content creation stage, which has been really successful. So. So I've seen other content creators go from charging $5,000 to $10,000 to $15,000. If you guys are potentially interested in working with Jesse right now, I think it would be a phenomenal time because I'm imagining as I've seen you scale so far that your services are going to be in incredible demand and there's just not going to be enough people that have the ability to get in with you anymore. So I encourage people, reach out to Jesse immediately before he outgrows the capacity to even help you personally, he may have team members that can do so in the future. But man, what a great time to partner with somebody that is absolutely on fire and skyrocketing to success. Grab onto his coattail and follow it if you have a chance. All right, cool, man. Let's dive into the lightning round. Let me start with this first question. What's the best vacation you've ever taken? The best vacation I ever took, I don't know if it was necessarily a vacation, but I was moving from Oklahoma to the Pacific Northwest. This was like a year ago. And my wife and I made it into a road trip with my dog. And we hit, I want to say it was 12 national parks in like 10 days. It was absolutely crazy. And my dog, I love him to death. He loves all that outdoors type stuff. So just being out like in Utah, Colorado, like Arizona, hitting all these amazing national parks, ton of great national parks in Arizona hitting those with the dog and my wife was just the coolest thing ever. Favorite book of any kind? There's been so many. I'd probably say The Science of Getting Rich, which is a really, really good one. A short one. I think it's only 30 or 40 pages. It's on my desk over there. It's around 90 to 99 pages. I give that out to a lot of my guests, actually. It's great. Oh, really? Yeah, that's my favorite one right there. How much of your success do you attribute to mindset? 100%. In this game, it is absolutely 100%. If you think you can or you think you can't, you're absolutely 100% right. And that goes for raising capital. It goes for building a brand. It goes for writing on LinkedIn. 100% of my success and also my failures have been attributed to the mindset that I have. Jesse, how long do you want to live? 
I'm not going to put a number on it, brother. What I want to do is impact so many people in this world. And when I die, whatever that is, if it's tomorrow, if it's the day after, if it's 100 years from now, I want to be laying there in the last few seconds and be like, I made a difference on this world and I impacted as many people as I could and I helped as many people as I could, brother. So whenever that day comes, bring it on. I'll be ready. Short answer on this. Best ways to raise capital from your perspective. We hit it all day today, but social media. What people don't understand is there is billions of dollars of equity sitting on LinkedIn, sitting on Twitter, sitting on social media right now that is waiting to be tapped into. The internet is not going anywhere. We are at the infancy of the digital age and what the potential that this has to skyrocket to. Raising capital on street is so critical. You have to get there this year. You have to get there in 2024. If you don't, you're gonna get passed by by those of us that are because there's so much potential. What did you take from the military that makes you a better syndicator? That is a really good one. I think it comes down to, in the military a lot, communication is so critical. And when I look at my role as like investor relations, like capital raising and whatnot, being able to communicate and communicate effectively and clearly to my investors is such an important critical part and also writing content, like communicating critically on there as well. So communication is huge in the military, putting out orders or whatnot that are clear, concise, people can understand, people can execute. I've taken that mentality and I've applied it to raising capital and syndicating. All right, what do you love best about taking your dog Abel to the outdoors? I think what people don't understand is like, you could be having a good day, you could be having a bad day, but every day is an amazing day with that dog. He wakes up every day and is having a blast. Just seeing his face when he jumps into the water and on a hot day and he's cooling off, he's just the happiest kid in the world and keeps me motivated, dude. So just seeing his face and every day is just a happy day. And it, it just reminds me of the truth that like, hey, I woke up today. It's a win. Whatever happens today, doesn't matter. I woke up. There's people who don't get to wake up today and I'm out here with my dog right now and it's just beautiful and I love mm. that. What is a capital raising mistake that you see people doing? I think chasing the capital as opposed to attracting the capital. People are hunting for it. People are coming off as salesy or spammy. Look the other direction, add value to people if it's through content online or whatever. The biggest thing that I've had people say to me on like calls, it's like, Jesse, I feel like you're not even like, I want to invest in your deals where like I've been on other calls where people are like asking me for my money. And it's just such a different mentality when you're leading with that education aspect of leading them through content creation. What would you need in order to 10X your business? I think just more partnerships with people who are looking for capital raisers and for people who maybe it's a syndication team out there who is like, hey, there's five people on this team and we all suck on social media. Let's bring on a guy who's gonna help 10X this business in the next six to 12 months or whatnot. Maybe we don't see the results in the first 30 days, but six months from now when we're raising millions of dollars because we have this brand on social media, that's gonna be super important and critical. So I think more powerful partnerships with people who want to raise capital on social media. Have you ever experienced a miracle or had a near-death experience? Yeah, I actually write about this every once in a while. I've had near-death experiences in the military and whatnot, but I would say I had one when I was stateside about a year ago. The car I was. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah, I was meeting a buddy for coffee, and I'll, I'll tell this super quick. I was coming off the highway ramp while this 18-wheeler was coming on, and he took the corner too fast, and he rolled through the massive concrete barrier into my lane and missed my truck by about five feet. If I had been going, like, coming off the ramp, like, one to two miles per hour slower, this thing would have absolutely smacked me. 
you know, I would probably be at my best a vegetable in some bed somewhere. But I tell that story to remind myself on like super stressful days, Ruben, it's like, dude, I was like five feet away from being a vegetable for the rest of my life. Like, and I'm frustrated about this deal that's just doing well, or maybe it's not doing as well right now, or I'm frustrated about this or that, dude. It's like, man, give yourself a break. And I got to tell myself that all the time, Ruben. It's just like, I'm hard. I find myself, I'm, I'm just so critical. I'm critical of other people, but I'm the worst critic of myself, dude. When I look in the mirror every day, it's like, man, Jesse, just give yourself a break, dude. So that's just something I remind myself with that story. Last question of the day brought to you by Shannon Amigo, one of our great listeners. She would like to know what impact would you like to leave in the world? Helping people, I think it goes back to that quote we talked about in the beginning that 99% of people will never get off the sideline. And even if I help people go from zero to one, that is the hardest part in this game is zero to one, in my opinion. Like one to 10 is like the fun part and then 10 to a thousand is like the easy part. So if I could help as many people as I can just go from zero to one, if that's building a brand online, if that's attracting their first couple accredited investors or whatever that looks like, that's the greatest impact that I wanna have, dude. Because again, it breaks my heart that 99% of people will never get off the sideline. It should be 1% of people will never get off the sideline. 99% of people get off the sideline. So that's why I wanna help people do. Awesome answers on the lightning round. Shout out to the Capital Razor Nation. Thanks for tuning in. Please leave us a five-star written review and shout out to my company, Legacy Acquisitions, and our sponsors, PitchDex.com. How does the audience get a hold of you, Jesse? Hit me up on LinkedIn. Send me a DM. If you want to learn more about the ghostwriting, I can send you a link to add to the show notes or whatnot to our website. Hit me up on DM. Let me know that, hey, you heard me on this show and I'll add whatever value I can to you. I do a lot of stuff and I love giving away everything for free. And if you want to come on as a ghostwriting client as well, we've only got a couple spots left. Shoot me a note and see what we can do and see if we're the right fit for you. I think you might be the right fit for me. I need to talk to you after the show. All right, cool, brother. Any last words of wisdom for the aspiring capital raiser or aspiring thought leader on LinkedIn as they scale on their journey? The last thing I'll end with is, listen, whoever's listening right now, I'm in your corner and I'm rooting for you. I'm cheering for everybody out there. A lot of people look at this game as a competition, but I look at it as the opposite. This is, I'm a partner with every single person out there that's listening right now. And if you feel like nobody's in your corner and cheering for you, you're wrong because I'm in your corner. I'm cheering for you and I want you to be successful. So thank you for everything you do for us, Ruben. You're a rock star. Everything that you do, brother. God bless you. And I can't thank you enough for having me on. Oh yeah, man. Dude, it's been a blast hanging out with you, dude. We got to do this a little bit more often, man. Really love following your progress. I look forward to continuing on the journey with you and maybe we could do some business together, dude. So we'll hang out after this and find out if that's true. All right. With that, we're going to end off. Thank you so much. Once again, this has been amazing. Rock and roll, rock and roll, rock and roll. Rock and roll.